Hello, you are listening to Sarah McCoy, and this is session two of This Means War, a new weekly podcast series on biblical battles that symbolize contemporary struggles. I've been a Bible teacher at Owasso First Assembly in Owasso, Oklahoma, for over 40 years, and I love the way God's Word shows itself practical to today, time after time. In this second episode, we will examine the battle the children of Israel fought in Canaan against the walled city of Jericho for the symbolism it holds for modern Christians faced with fighting evil. Then we'll see how other Old and New Testament verses support that symbolism. So come with me to around 1400 B.C., Joshua is now the leader of the children of Israel because Moses has died, and they have just spent 40 years in the wilderness. So a whole new group of adults has matured, and they have just come across the Jordan River on dry ground, reminiscent of when they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground 40 years before, and God has told them to conquer the city of Jericho. We are now in Joshua chapter 6. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. You may recall that they had built the tent tabernacle in the wilderness and in the Holy of Holies of this portable tent tabernacle was to be placed the Ark of the Covenant. It was a wood box covered in 24 karat gold and it had a solid gold lid that was called the mercy seat with two cherubim with their wings spread out looking down on the mercy seat where the blood was placed once a year for the atonement. And they couldn't touch the box and so it had rings on its four corners so that they could put poles in the rings and hoist it up on their shoulders. So this was a symbol of the presence of God. Now we're in verse 7. And he ordered the army, advance, March around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. 
So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall be spared because she hid the spies we sent. Now that was a story in Joshua 2 about how they scoped out the city ahead of time and they stayed at an inn that was run by a prostitute and she asked them for grace. But we'll get to that shortly. Verse 18. But keep away from the devoted things so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. All the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. Interesting there. Four things that were to be saved, and they were all for God, and they were all metals silver, gold, bronze, and iron. When the trumpets sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. They devoted the city to the Lord and destroyed with the sword every living thing in it, men and women, young and old, cattle, sheep, and donkeys, Joshua said to the two men who had spied out the land, Go into the prostitute's house and bring her out and all who belong to her in accordance with your oath to her. She had a red cord hanging out her window, making it clear that that was the house that was to be saved. So the young men who had done the spying went in and brought out Rahab, her father and mother, her brothers and sisters, and all who belonged to her. They brought out her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. Then they burned the whole city and everything in it. But they put the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron into the treasury of the Lord's house. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. At that time, Joshua pronounced this solemn oath, Cursed before the Lord is the one who undertakes to rebuild this city Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn, he will lay its foundations. At the cost of his youngest, he will set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout the land. So there are seven important things about this story 
that seem to be symbols of modern warfare today. Some wonder why the Lord would order the destruction of every single person in a city like this. But you go back and when trying to answer such a difficult question, you can read about how the city had really 400 years of grace from God from the time of Abraham to that present time and how the people were involved in all sorts of wicked and idolatrous practices and God had decided that their time was up and that judgment would be complete. And we can see the city of Jericho as a type of evil. We can see also that this evil had surrounded itself with a great wall of protection. So the first of the seven symbols that I would like to examine is this protection. We read in Joshua 6.1, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So it was a stronghold. It was a place that had been fortified so as to protect it against attack. And evil today has a lot of fortifications around it to protect it against attacks by people who hold to righteous standards. Some of the strongholds today around evil things include deadness and apathy, maybe depression or silence or inhibition or fear, things that are kept secret instead of being brought out into the open. You could even see something like fear of great persecution being a reason why evil is protected, and so that is a kind of wall around it. You know, Jeremiah 51, 53 says, Even if Babylon ascends to the heavens and fortifies her lofty stronghold, I will send destroyers against her, declares the Lord. And that verse says to me that once the Lord has authorized or ordained a war against a certain stronghold of evil, it doesn't matter what they do to protect themselves. If the Lord is on the side of his faithful people who are coming against that evil, then it cannot stand. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. So the first of the symbols is the wall of Jericho. It was a protection, but it wasn't enough of a protection. The second of the seven symbols is the promise that God gave to Joshua and the children of Israel before they ever fought. He said in the second verse of Joshua 6, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. 
That's reminiscent of 1 John 5, 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. That promise that God gave to Joshua is especially interesting because it's given, apparently, in the wrong tense. He doesn't say, see, I will give Jericho into your hands. He says, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. God said that to Joshua when that city was completely locked up and it had intact gates that were so thick that a person could build a house on them. And all the people inside were completely fine. And they had a natural spring inside their city so they could withstand a siege for a long time. And harvest had just taken place and so their grain bins were full. Why didn't he say, I will deliver Jericho into your hands? Because God is outside of time, and as far as God was concerned, it was already established. It was a done deal. So can you see how that might apply to us? We can expect that the Lord has already given us the victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Revelations 12, 11, an end-time prophecy talking about those that suffered martyrdom and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even unto death. So first was the protection, the wall around evil that wasn't protection at all, and then the promise, which was God's guarantee to Joshua and the people that he was going to take care of things. The third thing was the interesting process. He said in Joshua 6, verses 4 and 5, March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. Then the wall of the city will collapse. Well, this is curious. Why wait a week? Once those people went around the city once, apparently the city was about eight acres in size total, so it was not a difficult task to go around it once. Then they went back to camp, and then they didn't have anything else really planned for the rest of the day, and they sat around. So why would the Lord drag out that ordeal over an entire week when he could have just made the walls come down after going around the city once on the first day. Isn't it interesting that the Lord causes some spiritual battles to be processes? It's not finished in one hour. It's not finished maybe in one year. It could be something that is ongoing but has an eventual victory. You know, Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. And so we're called upon to let God do it in his own time and 
allow the process to go through the way that he wants it to. So first was the protection or the wall that was no protection at all. And then the promise that God gave and then the process. Now the fourth of the symbols is the priests playing their trumpets. Verse eight of Joshua six, when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward blowing their trumpets. What does that mean? What was the purpose of it? Well, even today in the military, trumpets are used to make announcements. When it's time to get up in the morning, you hear reveille and the trumpet is playing. When it's time to go to sleep at night, you hear the trumpet playing again. When it's time to honor a veteran or a soldier who has died, then at their funeral, there will be a trumpet sounding again. And so these trumpets were heralding this important warning that the people were getting ready to attack. Joel 2.1 says, Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. So there again you have it, a warning. And in Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 and 17, when John is seeing the Lord Christ, it says, On the Lord's day I was in the Spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. Then you go on down a little bit and get to verse 17. And John writes, When I saw him, meaning Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. In other words, the loud voice like a trumpet belonged to Christ. So perhaps we can see these trumpets these priests playing trumpets as bringing out the actual word of God. And we know that Jesus is the living word of God. So we had the protection and the promise and the process and the priests playing their trumpets. Now, fifth, we have the actual military assemble or assembly or the men will call that in keeping with all the other uh, symbols that started with the letter P, the platoon. Joshua 6, verses 8 and 9. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed. Okay, so this assembly that marched around the walls was composed of the men playing their trumpets and the Ark of the Covenant in the midst and military men in front and behind. If I had been guessing and didn't know what Scripture said, I might have thought, oh, well, the Ark of the Covenant will be out front. But instead, it was in the middle. And so that is a beautiful symbol of how God's presence is in the midst of his fighting warriors who are going against evil and the forces of darkness. 
Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Talking to the people about the task that they had ahead of them before they ever came to the land of Canaan and began their conquest. Zephaniah 3.17 The Lord your God is in your midst. Did you catch that? In your midst. Just like the Ark of the Covenant was in the midst of the people that were marching around the walls of Jericho. A mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. Beautiful. All right, so we have the protection, the promise, the process, the priests playing their trumpets, the platoon, and sixth, we have the plunder. Remember Joshua 6.19, the instructions were all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. And so, surely those four metals have some sort of important symbolism for us. In Scripture, we see that silver is associated with the price of redemption. Surely you remember that Jesus was betrayed by Judas to the priests for 30 pieces of silver, and a trespass offering of silver is mentioned in Leviticus 5.15. Gold is associated with glory. There is a prophetic dream in Daniel chapter 2 that was given to Nebuchadnezzar, and when Daniel interpreted it for King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, he told him that the gold head represented Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian kingdom at that time and the glory that was associated with his kingdom. Bronze is associated in Scripture with judgment. For example, in Numbers 21, when the people of Israel in the wilderness had been bitten by poisonous snakes because they had complained, then God instructed Moses to put a bronze image of a serpent on a pole and lift it up. And this was a symbol of Christ bearing our sins. And anyone who looked at it would be made well from their poisonous snake bite. So the judgment upon sin is like the bronze serpent on the pole. And then finally, the last of the four metals was iron, and that represents strength. We see that in Psalm 62.11. So the plunder tells us that all of these things that were set aside to be taken into the Lord's treasury and that were forbidden of the people to partake of them belong to God. His redemption, his glory, his judgment, and his strength. All of those things belong to God and to God alone. All right, so we have the protection, the promise, the process, the priests playing their trumpets, the platoon, the plunder, and finally, those who were saved. Rahab and her family will call them the proselytes. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, it says in Joshua 6.25, 
because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lives among the Israelites to this day. Well, that harkens back to the second chapter of Joshua, when the spies had come to the city to scope it out, and Rahab had agreed to let them stay at her inn, and she had hidden them under some flax on the flat roof of her house that was somehow built into or on the wall. And it says in verses 8 through 12, Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt. That was 40 years ago. And she says that the people of Jericho know about that. And what you did to Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed, when we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. And here it comes. This is what she has to say that was part of her salvation. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. How is a person saved? By God's grace and through faith, right? Well, it was the same for her. She made a profession of faith. The Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below. Now verse 12 of Joshua 2. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. In other words, she's saying, God is the only God and please save me and my family. And so she was saved. Then she says, give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters, and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death, and that they graciously did. And so we remember, as it says in 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so when we go against the forces of darkness and evil, it is our intention to do everything in our power to make the way of the Lord so very clear that any person who would like to turn from what is wrong will see the truth and come to him through our testimony. And so, we have seven important symbols in this story of Israel going against the walled city of Jericho, the protection, the promise, the process, the priests playing their trumpets, the platoon, the plunder, and the proselytes. I guess you could say God promised, and then he performed a process. The priests played, the platoon plotted past the protection, then plundered, but protected the proselytes. That story wasn't just a history lesson from... 3,500 years ago. Instead, it's relevant for us today. Let's go out against the forces of darkness and evil and expect that God will give us the victory and that along the way, 
perhaps people will see Christ in us and come to him. Blessings to you, and if this has been a help to you, please pass it along.